Hey guys, welcome back to the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. This is the podcast where we teach you what's happening in the pizza world. We give you the updates, the news, the marketing tips. We bring on expert guests. We bring on people who are doing tremendous things in the pizza community and restaurant space, not just pizza community, because we want to help you figure out what's working to grow a better restaurant or pizzeria and do whatever you want to do in your life. And we do that here with the podcast. We do that with our live show over on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, We do that with our tremendous amount of videos we've been putting up over on our YouTube channel. So if you haven't subscribed to that, go subscribe to that. Our blog, our mastermind group, our digital agency, all of that you can find over at smartpizzamarketing.com. I'm excited for my guest today. His name is Andres, and he's from The Baking Steel. And if you're not familiar with what The Baking Steel is, it's actually a piece of steel that you can cook pizza at your home, in your home oven, at a tremendous temperature. And he actually let me have one of these. Uh, and we talk about that, but this episode isn't about the baking steel. It is. We talk about how that got started and how you can make good pizza at home. But we also talk about how they've grown their Instagram channel, what they do for Facebook marketing. And we talk about dough and dough recipes and how to really make sure and master the dough that you have in your restaurant and why that's really important. Uh, the different ingredients that they use to make good pizza. Because if you go to their Instagram account, and it's at baking steel, and we'll link it up to the show notes in this episode if you haven't yet. I mean, if you haven't checked it out, you probably haven't because this episode just came out. So if you're listening to this and you want to go check it out, head over to smartpizzamarketing.com, type in baking steel, and we'll link up the Instagram account. But his Instagram account is amazing. Really, really good quality photos of pizza. The pizza that they're producing is top-notch, and it looks really cool. But I think that you can, as a pizza operator or a restaurateur or a pizza connoisseur, whatever you are, look at what they're doing and what's working for them on Instagram, and replicate that in your business. So we talk about that on this podcast, episode two. But before I get into the episode of the show, obviously I have to say thank you to today's show sponsor, Planet Fundraiser. We all know what it's like to get a tremendous amount of emails and phone calls about donations, especially with the holidays coming up. Everybody wants you to donate either money or pizza or gift cards to a certain whatever it is, right? There's 4,000 different fundraising opportunities in your area. Now, I do want you to be involved in your community, but the Planet Fundraiser helps you organize all of those. What you do is you go to planetfundraiser.com, you sign up your business, and then anybody who wants a donation, how how it works is they come in, they purchase from you, and a percentage of that receipt that's documented through Planet Fundraiser gets thrown back to that uh, fundraising company. So they have to come into your restaurant and order, and then you give a percentage of the sales back to that fundraiser. C a 501c3 or whatever it is okay so planet fundraiser organize all of that because sometimes you say yes to all of these people and before you know it you've given away thousands of dollars worth of product and gift cards and you don't really know who you donated to so go over to planetfundraiser.com and check that one out i thought that was a cool app in a really good way especially with the holidays coming up of how you can organize all of your donation and your donation requests inside of your restaurant Okay, so thank you to Planet Fundraiser for sponsoring this episode of the show. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get into today's episode with Andres from The Baking Steel. I really think that you're going to get some cool takeaways from this. And if you want to check out what The Baking Steel is, go over to smartpizzamarketing.com and we'll link up all the all, everything that we talk about in this episode. We'll link up so you can go take a look at it for yourself. All right, guys, thank you so much and let's get into today's episode. All right, hey everybody, welcome back to the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. I am here with Andres from The Baking Steel. We're going to talk a little pizza, a little yeah, Instagram. We're going to have it. a little fun here. Totally, let's talk pizza. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining me. I'm here in your test kitchen here in Cohasset, Massachusetts, doing yes. a live broadcast. So 
If you're listening to this podcast episode, go check out the video on our Facebook page or over on YouTube as well. Uh, totally. But thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. We, you know, we, we figured it's Monday, it's Veterans Day, and yeah. um, we're all fortunate that we can be, you know, be here. You have a so. great test kitchen here. Thank you. It's a pretty awesome space. I know. This is amazing, especially if you're into pizza or you like to make pizza on your own and test things out. Like- it's basically what we do in here. Um, we built this in 2014. Yeah. Um, I was looking for some commercial space to do our recipe testing, if you will, and my wife said, why don't we do our barn over? Yeah. So, Boom, we knocked it down and rebuilt it. She probably said that, though, because she was sick of you making a mess in the regular kitchen, right? More or less, I, I tossed flour on like, the worst of them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my wife tells me the same thing. She's like, listen, Bruce, you're not in the kitchen anymore. Like, you're at right. home. You, you right. can't make a mess like you would. Like, no one's here to clean it up. No one's here. Yeah, yeah so there's no employees here that can help you clean that up at the end of the night. If someone can discover a way to make pizza without making a mess, they're going to be... Uh, loaded and like well here's the thing there was a, we put an instagram we put a video out on linkedin or on instagram and it was uh it was a no mess no flour or anything but it was like the worst looking pizza you ever have so it's like right? you, you gotta yeah. be like you know you're gonna make a mess and have a good pizza or you cannot make a mess and it's gonna be really bad you gotta toss the flour around yeah. that's half the fun yeah put your hands in the dough and yeah, making man. a mess is what makes it good yeah and it's the best part when you have friends and family over you yep. have them getting their hands dirty too. totally i'm gonna move my camera a little bit all right sure. so tell us a little bit of background story about the baking seal how'd you get started Great. i know you've been to the pizza expo you've been a judge we were just yeah. talking about that before we got started yeah the, love the pizza expo um i got started back i was actually in the food biz this goes back I'm a date myself. That's fine. I, I turned 50 this year. Um, <laughs> you look so, great. Thanks. In my 20s, I um, went, you know, after high school, went to culinary, culinary arts and restaurant management. Loved working in restaurants. My last culinary adventure was with, um, I got hired at Figs Restaurant in oh, Charlestown, okay. slinging pizzas with Todd at Figs. Um, and that was a really great experience. Though figs like the Roman style thin crust, we rolled it out. Yeah, yeah. Super flavorful toppings, and I ended up on Todd's management team a couple of years later. But like a lot of people in the restaurant industry, just got burnt out, working yeah. a ton of hours. Just wanted a time out, and so went to work. My dad was looking for help. My brother worked there with like thirty other guys. He has this really nice little niche manufacturing business in Hanover, Mass. Yep. So he basically works with steel and like rubber and converts that into products that he makes out of, um, and our customer base is Caterpillar, John Deere. Ah. So a totally different spectrum of work, right? Yeah, yeah. From restaurants to almost corporate world, um, making products for the big guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been doing that for the last 15 years and did an online version of his business for him. And, um, but I'm a foodie, yeah. right? And in particular, I love pizza are you from boston area i'm from boston i grew up in hanover okay so i yeah i'm from this area so I ended up in cohasset here how do guys like like we were just talking about that the pizza scene in boston is unique it is yeah i feel like they could do a better job in boston like i'm from boston so i mm-hmm. feel like I, I'm, I'm okay to say that yeah um but i think we need to do a better job of like using like looking outside the box maybe yeah it's a good it's a good point um yeah i mean my i do have one favorite pizza spot pico what is it? yeah pico yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's a couple good ones. I'm not saying there's all bad pizza no, spots in great, Boston. Yeah, there are some good spots. I feel like we need to adapt a little bit quicker. It's never on the short list of, uh, right, of pizza places or pizza cities. You don't yeah. see it. You always see like 
Vegas. You see New York, obviously. Well, and, and, and it's recently, right? Like Vegas yeah. and Orlando and Portland. Mm-hmm. are like New York's been there forever. Like I'm They're just going to disregard yep. there. New, New York's got to be on. You, yep. you know when you talk pizza, you're going to talk New York. But like Chicago or Detroit, Portland, Las yeah. Vegas, those are all cities that like in the last five years, I feel like really come on the scene. Big time. And they're always on the sh- short list. And I feel like Boston's been doing a really bad job of getting on that scene. Like, let's get on that scene. We should be on that scene. Why aren't we? Let's make a phone call. Who can we call? All right, let's go. If you're listening to this and you're from Boston, let's come let's into you. We'll come into your spot. Us. We'll bring a baking steal and we'll you do some what? dough. That's a, you know, maybe we're not doing a good enough job of getting out there. Yeah. Um, and sharing that experience. I know. Maybe we that's, should, there you go. Let's do that. Well, you Done. Got, yeah, we'll do that in a few. We'll, we'll work on that. Let's work on that. So let's get back to the baking steel. So the baking steel I love. You okay, actually sent cool. me one and I use it awesome. at my house. Oh, great. And my kids love it. Sweet. And my kids are very, very, very picky. Okay. When it comes to pizza. I bet. Especially I now imagine. in the last like three or four years, all the traveling and pizza eating we've done. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you start? Like what made you decide to do that? Oh, great question. So I like... Everyone else loved pizza. Yep. I actually loved making pizza. Um, I, after working with Todd, and he has, like I said, a Roman style, I have all of his recipes, so I can make good pizza. I, but I always thought you needed 900 degrees in a wood-fired environment to make great pizza. Right. So I just kind of, I didn't give up. I just, I had my pizza stone, and I broke quite a few in my career, as, <laughs> even as an adult, either with the heat exchange, the difference in heats, or right. going from cold to hot in a in a timely manner, a lot of times they'll crack. Um, I got used, that's just part of the game, right? So you deal with it. But I just never could make great pizza. So in 2011, I'm at my office, I'm just hanging out at the end of the day, reading the Wall Street Journal um, about this new cookbook being written by Nathan Meervold, who's the former Microsoft CTO. Okay. So um, he's a scientist, went to college at age 14. Yeah. And Decided, to, and he loved cooking, so he decided to open up these test kitchens out in Seattle. So, um, and he wrote and documented this book called The Modernist Cuisine. And if any of your listeners here um, are food science guys, this is, can you imagine science meets food <laughs> on steroids? Yeah. And it's a five-volume series, deep investigation into the physics and the math and the science of cooking, huh. right? Anyway, as a former foodie, I thought it was interesting. I wasn't going to buy it. It was 600 bucks. The book? The book. Wow. Right? Um, I just thought it was interesting. So the Wall Street Journal starts peppering questions to to Nathan. And I remember the third question was how to create Neapolitan-style pizza at home. My eyeballs pretty much were bulging out of my my head, right? Out of their sockets. And because I I have extensive experience making pizza. It wasn't very good. So... His answer was to literally Google your local steel shop and cut out steel. For no, sir. Shelf. Really? I was and not that's shitting you. you. I was, I'm like, yeah. you've got to be <laughs> shitting me. Literally, I've got goosebumps now. He's thinking about that moment because I went out to my plant and I grabbed a piece of steel that we use for caterpillar components. Yeah. Actually, I lived here at the time. I brought it home and my wife said, what are you doing with that steel? And I said, I'm making pizza this weekend. And she said, I'm not going to eat it. Because you get a picture of this piece of steel <laughs> yeah. rusted up, right? In any case, I made pizza that weekend. And if anybody who makes pizza at home probably can relate to this, but we struggle with crispy bottoms of our pizza. Yeah. But for the first time, I after seven, a seven-minute straight bake, um, I had a crispy bottom on my pizza. So I was like, holy shit. Can you imagine? So um, it's a stone made out of pizza stone made out of steel right. and what's going on is it stores 18 times the energy of of stone so it turns a regular 500 degree home oven 
really that's all the heat you need to transfer into a pizza dough. Huh. So now we're able to make pizzas in a short time. I went back to my office on Monday with my enthusiasm and looked at my brother and father and said, hey, I've got this idea for this pizza stone. And they both looked at me, great, Andres, good idea, but <laughs> we're too busy, right? Right. So go back to your office and <laughs> let's sell A pizza some. stone, like we, we work with Caterpillar. We work with Cat, so yeah. good luck. So, yeah. and they were right. I'm like, yeah, who the hell am I gonna bring this thing to the market? So I shelved it, but then- When was that? That was literally, that was, I read the article in February of 2011. Yeah. Um, I made pizza that weekend. Yep. I shelved it right then. I mean, so you went through the whole, you know, the whole winter. Um, I woke up, I started, I started using it a little bit in the summer and I started thinking about it and I just couldn't stop thinking about it. So fast track, I started actually making a couple of samples yep. and sending them to friends. Hey, I know you like to cook pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try this for me. Well, the feedback was coming out was super strong. So I just woke up one morning in December and just said, I got to get more of these out. So I, I you know, cue the Rocky music. <laughs> I literally said, you know, we all have ideas. Um, we've all had them. Yep. But this one just would not go away. So I just stayed with it. And the brilliant thing was, is I had my family business and a million dollars worth of equipment that could produce right. the baking steel. So I had that behind me. Um, and so... I did. I just started making these and I thought I could sell 50, 50 units a month. I would have a side hustle. I'd right. sell baking steels. I'd work in the family business. We did Kickstarter that year of 2012 and um, we sold 500 units in 30 days. Wow. How did you get the word out about that? I, I literally, the day our Kickstarter went live. And if you, I remember that, that moment driving to work, I was really nervous because I was putting myself out there for right. the first time. Yep. That I had this really great idea. Um, what if no one bought it? I mean, that, that was a really distinct possibility. So I listened to my gut, went live, and I emailed everyone I knew. I'm surprised you didn't get an email. You didn't, we didn't know each other, but <laughs> yeah, I was no, emailing yeah. everybody. There was no, my PR was email and just send to every person I knew. We did a pretty cool video. Yep. And we, I was trying to raise three grand, which was super conservative. I thought six grand tops we could do, sell 100 units. We sold $3,000 worth of units in the first 24 hours. Wow. So I think once that word got out, like it did when I read the article, it totally makes sense. There's a lot of people that, even like if you're listening to this and you own a restaurant mm. or you own a pizzeria, it's hard to replicate that pizzeria you make in your restaurant at home. It is. Totally. And I, I suffered for that for a long time. So we used to use like, I brought home pizza screens. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, yeah. You put them in the, like, but it's not the same. Like not never, your pizza used the same exact ingredients mm -hmm. and it never really comes out the same as you did, it does in your shop. Yeah. And why is that? Because you don't have the heat, right? Yeah. Or you don't have the 700 degree deck ovens or 650. Um, you have a 500 degree home oven. Right. So what we, what Nathan realized is that steel stores energy. It stores 18 times the energy of stone. So in a 500 degree oven, that stone's gonna feel much hotter. It's gonna feel much hotter than it would on, um, and that's all that you need. That's all the heat you need. So that's, now we're, we're blasting and we'll make a pizza in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna make a pizza in less than three minutes. Seriously? Uh, yeah, with our home oven. My home oven must stink because it took me a little bit longer than that. Depending on the broiler, <laughs> now I've probably made a thousand pizzas that's now. That's true. You have gas over there? We have gas, all we right. have electric here, we can replicate pretty much any home. Okay. And you know, they both have their advantages, but I like for pizza, I love the broiler. 
I like to use that broiler for 90 seconds. On the top, to get the top? Yeah, Get yeah, some yeah. char. Yeah, I, know? I, I like that too. Add some character. So now I know that you have a good following on Instagram and a good following on Facebook. Has those two platforms been like the number one tool for you to get yeah, the word out there? 100%. Yeah. Um, it's one, they're free. Right. Which is amazing to me. I mean, it takes time and yep. commitment. But When those did you start two, on those two? Like, did you start Facebook first or which one did you Definitely start started Facebook first. I didn't even know what they were when we started. Because to be <laughs> honest, I mean, I knew what Facebook was. I right. was using it maybe a little bit personally. Yeah. Um, we launched in 2012 on Kickstarter. At the end of 2012, we needed to go, I needed to create a new website. So then I started looking at face, a Facebook page. And just kind of a place where people could go to hang out with us, right, if you right. will. And then I learned later on, it was probably almost eight months later, later in 2013 now, about Instagram. And that we started putting some pictures up. And then it made total sense to me. Yeah. Like, because we like to show people how our steel works. I don't really tell you that, hey, it's going to be a really tough sale if I say, hey, Bruce, buy this baking steel because it stores 18 times the energy of stone. <laughs> um, most people aren't even going to know what I'm talking about. Right. However, if I can show you a, a cheese pizza that I made using our product, um, that's invaluable. So now I can show, I can make restaurant quality pizzas at, in a home environment right. using our product. And people seem to you know, buy into that. A little I bit. think that's exactly what people listening to this podcast are doing. Right. Like you have a restaurant and you're trying to separate yourself. Like you're not trying to, you're trying to explain a product. Yes. And restaurant owners are trying to separate themselves from the place down the street. Like what makes you different? Yeah. Great question. Yeah. And like that's how you should be using those platforms as well. Like show your products and how you do it differently. So that way when someone does make a buying decision, they can go visually see what the product's going to look like. Super smart. Um, And if you could take a nice, I mean, and food in particular, food, if I'm sitting at a restaurant and we both judged a pizza contest. Yeah. If, if that pizza doesn't like kind of blow me away when I look at it, yep. It, I don't give it that much of a chance for flavor. So it's got to be visually appealing. Because you have this like preconceived notion a little bit. Like if yeah. you, if a pizza looks bad when you look at it, <laughs> you already feel like it's gonna taste bad before you even try it. Right. You know. It, yeah. It's a good point. It's already so, got knocked down a few points. Totally does. Which so, goes back to that pizza contest. Same thing happened. Same. Same. Couple, couple, yeah. Couple people struggled a little bit visually, and then it. it but it isn't that you. that was one of the grades, right? Totally. Yeah. That's visually, like if you you eat with your eyes first, right? I think at least I do. So if I look at Instagram for for a pizzeria, and I say, "Geez, you know, guys, make a few pizzas during the day. You can take some. It's really easy to take a picture of a pizza, by the way. Especially nowadays. You need some natural light, ideally, but there's apps for that too. Yep. Take a picture of it. And they know it and work on that because that's got to be, if you don't know who I am and I'm in Boston visiting your place, I'm going to go on Instagram first yeah. these days. Yep. I'm going on there and say, okay, I want to check out Pico. Let me look at their pictures. Oh, that looks pretty, pretty awesome. My daughter who's 16, and I always kind of bring her up because I feel like she, the, 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 that you know, 16 to 22 is the age of where your consumers, they may not be now, but they're going to be 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you're a, a local pizzeria, and you're dealing with families, eventually those kids from that family are going to be the ones that come back to your restaurant and remember you. That's a good point. And my daughter always, I'm saying, hey, we're going to go out for pizza somewhere and we're in a new city because we're traveling. The first thing she'll do is she'll Google them, obviously, to see what's around. But then she goes to Instagram because she wants to see what, what they have. And will she, will she veto a place if it's not on Instagram? 
Totally. Totally. If wow, like, I, if there's two places, right? Okay. Say, let's just give an example. If we go to a new city and there's two places that she's Googled, she's like, all right, these are the two places that I think look good. They got good ratings, pretty good reviews. I look at their, if one of them has Instagram and shows photos and one doesn't, we're going to the one that has, that you can huh. see what they're all about. Interesting. Because you get to almost see what they're doing before you make the buying decision and have regret after. Right. Unless someone tells me physically, hey, go to this place. It's good. Right. But if we're just researching, and I think that's why you have to do that nowadays. Like you have to, the people are researching. It's, it's zero cost. I mean, you need to secure your name on there. And the only cost is, is labor, yeah. you know, on Instagram as far as. You know what? People get afraid of even paying for Facebook ads. It doesn't cost that much if you have to get it in front. But I think people look at it as free, but then they, they have no followers and they're like, oh, I want, yeah, I want right. followers. But like, why? Just put your product on there That's and right. like just or, it'll organically grow if your stuff is good. And if it's not, you'll see and tweak it a little bit. I always find the same thing. Build it and they will come. And you got to tweak, right? Because we're finding that, you know, we do our product can do a lot more than just pizzas. You take really good photos. though. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's practice taking. I mean, I didn't even touch a camera until 2014. And we just did a book and little with little brown. Yeah, they wanted us to do all the photography. Did they really? Not amazing. What do you use for your photo- photos? Right, right here. Canon. Oh, so that's the same Canon. Yeah, you have right. Yeah. yeah. What is it? A T five T three I. Yeah. So that's great for photos. Five hundred bucks. Yeah. Maybe I bought an extra lens. And you don't um, take any. Have you ever taken them with your phone at all? Yes, I do a lot of um, pizzas on my smartphone now because yeah. it's, the quality is amazing. Yeah. In fact, I like to hashtag Apple because do you, you know really? what? And that's the one thing about Instagram, right? Is if you if you can do the right hashtags and tag the right people, well, once in a while they might share your. What's your Instagram handle for anybody listening? Uh, baking steel. At baking at, steel. At baking steel. Yep. Uh, and yeah. And we've got a pretty heavy loaded on pizzas because that's our passion. Yeah. Um, but we can do burgers. We can do anything really with our product. You have a good Instagram account too. If you're listening to this, I suggest you go follow them because baking steel. Thank it's, you. It's uh. It's good to see what you're doing because I think that exactly what you're doing on your Instagram mm-hmm. is what restaurants can do. A hundred percent. There's I, no difference. It almost looks like you're a restaurant if you look at your Instagram. You. Yeah, and I just think I think like us, like everyone can be our customer. Our goal is to get people to make pizza at home, right? Yeah. Um, and even restaurants, we could work. We work with quite a few restaurants that use our steel inside their their ovens because it makes pizza faster. Yeah. Than what their traditional, which talking two or three minutes in a restaurant times hundreds of pizzas that adds up at the end of the day yeah, right yeah. so it's more cash flow um so it really can speed up your process but more or less we want people to um to make these things at home the pizzas at home which i think making pizza at home is is not only is, is it like good because you get to see the ingredients you're using right mm-hmm. so oh, yeah i mean not that you don't want to go to the restaurant i'm not saying that people don't want to go to pizzerias no, they not. do because it's, it's easy and convenient but sometimes when you're at home, you can experiment with things. Maybe you experiment with different ingredients that you're going to use in your restaurant later. Uh, and you have like something like this will let you replicate it so it's, it tastes the same. Tastes the same. And you can do it. I mean, it's not hard. And the, the experience, I think we've been really successful with our pizza classes because, you know, we're, we're taking 10 people in at a time. And we're showing them how to develop, you know, amazing, incredibly flavorful dough. Um, you can't do it. I, you can't do it overnight. It needs a couple of days to yeah. ferment, right? But we tell them that, and they, they experience that. And then the experience of the conversations, just like in a restaurant, yeah, yeah. in a home environment, you're just hanging out, enjoying time with friends and family. How do you make your dough, by the way? If you That's like, a great question. Because I think a lot of people want to like, uh, how long did, where did you learn how to make dough? 
Um, that's a great question. In my fig days, we didn't, we, well, the, the, the bakers would make the dough in the mornings. I'd yeah. hang out with them a little bit to understand how they did it. Yeah. But really, it just became, you know, reading. When I first launched the baking steel, like what were, what are the best guys doing? What does like Tony Gemignani do right. different than, um, I don't even know, Cohasset Pizza. Yeah, the guy right? on the street. They're not picking on anybody in particular. Yeah, right, right. Um, well, but what do they do differently? And, you know, the, and Chris Bianco of, Pizzeria Bianca. What do these guys do differently? One, they're using really great fresh flowers. Yep. But number two, they're fermenting their doughs for a minimum, I'd say, of twenty-four hours. For, just explain that in case somebody's listening. So doesn't make their own dough or doesn't yeah, make great. So you take your take your flour, your salt, and your water, and your yeast, and basically what we're doing, we're combining them one day. Yep. So for Friday night pizza night, we combine our ingredients on Tuesday. So we knead it together in one big ball, and then we leave that ball together, covered up in a bowl with saran wrap on top. Before you roll it. Before we do anything else. Yep. And we're just bulk fermenting that dough. So I literally measure my ingredients and then mix them up on a scale level of one to 10. It is a three. It's not hard, not complicated, <laughs> right? Super easy. Right, right. That we um, bulk ferment it for 24 hours and then we take it out of the bulk ferment and we divide it up and make our dough balls. Um, over that 24 hour period, the you'll see the enzymes starting to change, yep. right? You're gonna see some carbon dioxide, you're gonna smell the alcohol, right, from the yeast, right? It's, it's fermenting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas if I mixed my same ingredients, I could make a pizza for you in two hours, right? I could mix flour, salt, water, yeast, maybe use some hot water and a lot of yeast, and make a pretty pizza for you in two hours. But when I bite into it, there's gonna be zero flavor. Yeah. So we just find, again, we didn't invent this, no, we no, looked, I, yeah. We looked at what the better guys are doing, and guess what? They're all fermenting their doughs for a minimum of 24 hours. And we found for the home cook, shit, if you can do this for three days, guess what? Now you're at the legendary status. Now you're making legendary pizza at home. Which, you know what is funny? A lot of people who, we were talking about Paul mm -hmm. G, started at home. Yep, there you go. Oh, yeah, totally. Like a lot of people start their businesses at home because they want to get into the pizza business. And then it's tweaking. They're tweaking, and like the best thing you do is you're getting feedback, which is like the market speaking, yeah. right? And you become like the most popular person in your neighborhood. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. Right? Because who doesn't love pizza? Who doesn't love pizza? Yeah. And if you do it right, and if it's fermented, guess what? It's easier on your system to digest. Yeah. So the, your, your customers are going to say, shit, that was unbelievable. I can have that again. And again, I don't feel bloated. I don't feel, yeah. you know. I always go, when I go to a new pizzeria, the first thing I, the, like my wife's like, why do you always do this? And I always get just the plain cheese pizza. Ah, interesting. Because I feel like if you can make a cheese pizza well, then I'll give you an at-bat to make something else. That's a good point. Yeah. But if you can't make a simple cheese pizza good, then I probably don't want to try your whatever X pizza. Yeah, that's a great, yeah, great um Analysis there. Because like like uh, Anthony Mangieri of Una Pizza Napolitana in New York, he only makes two different, two or three different styles of pizza. That's it. It's like his dough, which he's fanatical about and is constantly changing. Tweaking, I bet, right? Tomatoes, mozzarella. That's it. Basil, maybe a little olive oil. That's it. But it's, it's like sometimes simple is better. I agree, 100%. And if you can't get those simple ingredients right, like as your base... There's nothing you're going to be able to do that to make it a great pizza. Right. So I think that you're like, people should think about what you just said. Like, think about how you make your dough. Think about your sauce and your dough. Like, those are the two base ingredients that are going to create a good or a bad pizza for yourself. Yeah, it's really, and I think really simplifying things, yeah. right? Just so simple. I'm with you too. I like the, in fact, I eat pizza. I would argue, and Craig and I talk about this a lot, there's not 
many home pizza cooks that eat more pizza than we do. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and we're, we're getting good at not eating like the whole in, it, Like your own pizza or do you go out and eat pizza? Just No, your own. Like yeah, we yeah. eat so much of it uh, just because of by default. Yeah, you're constantly cooking it, constantly testing cooking it and tweaking yeah. in our recipe and, and, and sharing that knowledge because ultimately, for selfish reasons, we want you to be a better pizza maker at right. home because then if you're using the right ingredients and our product, I think you got a home run here. You need the right ingredients, right. whether that be that that is your flour or your sauce or how you make it and right. how you cook it. Like you're not going to make a great pizza uh, if you don't have the proper utensils or cooking equipment. No chance. Yeah, it's going to be not good. Even yeah. if you do have the best flour and the best ingredients, if you cook it in on a stove, right, no with a pan, it's yeah. going to come out really bad. It's right, and you, you, or a pizza stove. You could take Anthony Mangieri's pizza good and put point. it on a. Yeah. A pan on the oven, it's going to come out crappy. Yeah, it won't taste at all. Yeah, it's the whole process put together. Yes. But it doesn't have to be super complicated. Super easy. I and think that, people overcomplicate it a little bit. We find that, um, yeah, I always say when we're topping our pizzas, like less is more. It's yeah. your canvas, paint it, but be generous, but don't be, you know, don't overload it. Yeah, yeah. Then that dough's got no chance to cook right because it's got too many toppings on it. So you're going to end up with a soggy pizza yeah. no matter what you're using. Um, so yeah, less is more. And I think you should get creative. Don't make me say like every pizza Bria should just sell just cheese pizza. <laughs> I think that you just have to have a good cheese pizza yeah. and then you can go from there. I agree. And if I, if I were to do a pizza plot, I'd probably have four or five pizzas only. You yeah. Know, we've maybe, I've talked about that a lot as I've it's done, hard to do. It is it's hard to do. I think it's hard to, to plan that way, but you're really going to be confident in what you're doing. And I say, think it's better to plan that way. And then, you know what? You can start, if you're opening a pizzeria and you're like, that's your goal. It's way easier to add something to the menu than take something away. Good point. And for your customers and for yourself, because you feel like you're going to lose revenue. So if you have 10 items to go to five after you've been selling 10 for a while, it's going to be really hard for you to swallow. It's going to be uncomfortable, yeah. but you should have good numbers now. Yeah. You should know what, what's what our success. principle probably right. reflects that, right? Totally. But you can always add six, seven, eight if, you, have, if yes. you just start with five. So I think you're right. Start simple. If you're opening a restaurant now or you're having a hard time with employees or growing, like look at your menu and like simplify, simplify it. it. It's going to be way easier to produce and way easier consistent-wise. Yeah, you have less scrap that way. I mean, if you're just doing... Um, just your scales, right? Yeah. You're doing just cheese pizzas or tomato sauce or maybe one key ingredient. Run a special every Friday night. Yeah. If you want to get creative and try go to the market that day and say, what's what looks amazing? Like this asparagus looks super fresh today. Yeah. So we're going to do it. We're going to tweak a recipe. Try it out. That. If sure. it works good, you can add it. Right. Or as a, as sure. a seasonal special. Or it doesn't have to be on the menu all the time. But then you can, now you can be creative. Yeah. And, but still have your base of the right things. To yeah. Do. Yeah. yeah. What, what's your favorite style of pizza? Oh, so I am into like crispy, like it's almost Neapolitan, like Americanized. So picture it with, because Neapolitan can tend to be soupy in the middle. Yeah. I like it really crisped up, but I like it light and airy. And I think in order to do that in a, in a home environment, you need to bake that in under seven minutes. What temperature do you usually use? I, 500. I use convection yep. if we have it. And I also use the broiler because um, I like to get that color on top. Yeah. If I'm going to do a strict like New York style slice, I won't use the broiler. Okay. I'll wrap, get that steel up at 500, 550, and then um, bake for six or seven minutes. And if you put vegetables or any toppings on, do they cook on there too? Yeah, they do. That's a great question. We get asked that a lot. In fact, our sauce, like tomato sauce, often way overthought, right? We find that we tested um, our favorite can of plum tomatoes. Yeah. And all we do is we crush them 
either by food processor or by hand, and we add salt. That's it. That's our tomato sauce. I do the same thing at home, actually. Isn't that crazy? So yeah. when we have 10 folks in for our pizza class, they always, they're always lined up. How do you make your tomato well, sauce? Well, do you, like, do you have the ingredients made when they come in, or yeah, do you make most, them with them? Mostly made. Like, the dough is staged. Yep. Um, the dough is staged because of 72 hours. Oh, right, right. So we make it on Monday for a Thursday night class. But we'll, we'll do the balling up stage in class because we'll make one 24 hours prior. Yep. Just because that's a technique I think it's important. To know, yeah, up, yeah. Right? Um, our tomatoes, I mean, I literally take this can and I open it up and I add 10 grams of sea salt. Yeah. So I tell them that. That's my base sauce. For that's every, all you need, though. That's all you need. Yeah. It's heating up in the oven in that four minutes that's baking. Yep. So it's what we want to bite into is hot tomatoes. If you cook the sauce ahead of time, it gives it a different flavor. Totally different. It's, not, it's more like a, like a sauce for a pasta than it is a sauce for a pizza. Right on. I'm, I'm totally with you. Now, that's your base. I might add some oregano to it from time to time or shave some garlic or um, what else can you throw in there? Red pepper flakes, yeah, if you yeah, will, yeah, yeah. something like that. But you can put that, on, that stuff on after. after. Yeah. Yep, totally. So that's your base sauce. And people are kind of blown away <laughs> um, when we tell them that. But, but they get it. It totally makes sense. Yeah. I mean, once they bite into the pizza, uh, now it says, ah, I got it. Yeah, because that doesn't, that's not going to, like, no matter what you think of the pizza is going to taste like or what ingredients you think should go on it, once you eat it once and you, you realize it. that simple is just so much better. So much better. You're never going to change the way you make a pizza again. No, it's like that with the right dough and then maybe one cheese. Boom. Yeah. Like mozzarella cheese. Fresh mozz. Yeah. Even low moisture mozz is nice. Shredded. You always, again, one tip that we learned Always shred your own cheese. Yeah, I do the same thing now. Because if uh, you know, if you look at those um, individual, when you buy shredded cheese, all the individual grain or shreds are coated with starch. Yep. And if you make pizza at home, that browns super fast. Yeah, not I do the fun. same thing. I buy a block of mozzarella. Yeah, perfect. If I'm not using like I, I, I like fresh mozzarella. Don't get me wrong, but mm -hmm. sometimes the style of pizza, like when you're at, when I'm at home, usually I'm making New York style, not Neapolitan. Yeah, I'm with you. And yeah. I, you know. I like the shredded mozzarella on that style of pizza more than I like the fresh. I'm with you on that. Yeah. So I do the same thing. I buy a block of mozzarella and I just shred, sure go to town shredding that thing. Have one of the kids. All right, you want a couple of dollars is your job tonight. <laughs> just watch your fingers. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's yeah. my least favorite job is shredding. They got 10 of them. Yeah. You got to lose one, you still got nine more. That's, uh, a good point. that's awesome. All right. So cool, man. Yeah. I appreciate you joining me on the show. Give yeah. us some information about Baking Steel. Where can people go check it out? So we're at bakingsteel.com. Um, if you're in Massachusetts, you know, come to a class. You see, we have a classes tab on there. Do you have every week or is it every Thursday, sometimes every Friday night, Thursday, yep. you know, four or five a month we do these classes and they're really entertaining. You know, it's beer and wine and pizzas flowing. It's just a really great night. <laughs> really intimate. Sounds like my yeah. house every night. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds right. Yeah. And so that's it. Yeah. They can go to bakingsteel.com. And where are you on Facebook? Are you at Baking Steel? So we're on at Facebook, Facebook at, yeah, Baking Steel, Baking Steel for Instagram. Um, we have a ton of new recipes every week. I know. You do our, send a lot of recipes out, We huh? do. On our uh, blog, we're always showing things that we can make with our steels. You should send me some of those recipes. We'll share it on our newsletter. I'd love to. Yeah, totally. Because I'm always looking for, to add some stuff in there that I think people want to reach. Cool, man. Awesome. So I appreciate you joining me on the show. Thank you, Bruce. Uh, if you missed this, uh, what he just said, or if you're driving in the car, or you're at the gym, or you're in the shop making dough. <laughs> Go over to smartpizzamarketing.com. We'll link up all that stuff in our show notes. Awesome. Uh, type in baking steel in the top bar there. We'll link Sweet. up everything. So thanks, thank you. Man. I appreciate thanks, you joining me on the show. It was awesome. Thank you, man. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks to the Baking Steel and Andres for joining me on the show. Thank you for so much for having me in your test kitchen, which is a really a cool test kitchen, by the way. And if you want to see it, 
Go to smartpizzamarketing.com. Check out our YouTube channel because we've taken the video. We actually did this live on location. So we have uh, the video version of this podcast over on our YouTube channel. So if you're interested in that, taking a look at that and seeing what their test kitchen looks like, you can view it there. Thank you to those guys for having us on the podcast, uh, having us as guests in their kitchen, or for us having them on our podcast and them joining us on the podcast. Uh, guys, if you need some help with your marketing or you're looking for some w- ideas of what's working or what you can do to implement in your business, we have two things for you. The Mastermind Group over at Smart Pizza Marketing, mastermind, uh, mar- smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind, I cannot talk today, is for the hands-on type of operator who's looking to grow their business, but they really want to do it themselves. They have some time. They have the ability to take that time and implement certain marketing strategies. We help you come up with a strategy. We have uh, monthly marketing calls. We have a private Facebook group. We have a private website for you to access the tutorials and all of our past webinars. So if you're looking to grow your business, you really don't know what's working with Facebook or Instagram, or maybe you're trying to see what's the latest. The Mastermind Group is for you. And you can check that out over on our website. And if you need someone to do it for you, that's where we come in with our digital agency. So if you have a couple of restaurants, you're looking to grow, you just don't have the time or the energy to do it, we can help you do it. We only work with one pizzeria per zip code. Smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash zip is the spot to go for that to see if your zip code is available. We'll have someone reach out to you and let you know if your zip code is open. And then we can have a conversation and take it from there. And if you haven't yet, Go subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'm, I'm really trying to grow our YouTube channel. I think that YouTube is going to be the place for us to spend a lot of our time and energy with videos and not just videos of our podcast, but I really want to start producing videos of what you should be producing in your restaurant. So the people that we work with, our clients who are taking our advice and really implementing our strategy when it comes to documenting their day and documenting what they're doing. We want to show you over on our YouTube channel as well as what we do here on the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. We really want to show you what we're doing inside of our agency, the behind the scenes, the strategy sessions, the mastermind calls, the client calls, the client meetings that we can show you, that we're allowed to show you. All of that stuff we want to produce videos for and then put it on our YouTube channel because I think that's going to be the spot for it. Facebook is great for advertising and getting those short clips in front of you, but sometimes it is a little bit fast the news feed goes pretty quick so youtube is going to be the place for us so if you haven't yet and you want to be up to date with the latest of smart pizza marketing and what we have going on and some of the great interviews and videos we're going to produce go subscribe to our youtube channel all right guys as always i appreciate your time and your attention and you tuning into the podcast here if you have a question you can reach me at a couple different ways bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com is my email always you can find me on instagram at smartpizzamarketing and also on Facebook at Smart Pizza Marketing as well. But on Twitter, I'm at Irving Media. Tweet me. I'll answer some questions. We'll hang out over on Twitter if you want. That's your jam. And otherwise, we'll have a, I hope you guys have a tremendous week, and we'll see you next time.